question to you is what was your first job within the movie and TV industry? Oh, wow. Cool. Great question. So it was uh, Frasier. I was on an episode of Frasier. Um, I was a guest star. I was in high school. I think I was a junior in high school. I was very lucky growing up in Los Angeles um, because I, I I went to a school. Uh, we were in North Hollywood, you know, right near Studio City and Burbank and all the you know big studios, casting directors. We actually had casting directors occasionally come to our shows, and I grew up with uh, one girl I was in school with in particular. Her dad was a producer and. Basically, people kind of stuck their neck out for me, and uh, I, I was able to get an audition for Frasier, booked it, and that was my first job. And then that first movie was Donnie Darko, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Donnie Darko is a great film. Yeah, was, I, think, well, I think those are good first jobs, yeah. It really, it really is, though, honestly. Yeah. And I just did a TV show with uh, David Hyde Pierce, um it's going to come out in march i think or maybe i'm i shouldn't be saying that but it's about julia child a new series for hbo max and so it was very it was really wonderful it felt like i had come full circle to work with david hyde pierce again and uh especially after making mass and sort of looking at acting and my my whole career differently the the show was such a gift and such a joy to make but it, it, it really kind of, it felt like a very culminating moment, you know, where I was able to kind of look back at everything and think about my career in this very different perspective, having now made a movie, which has been, you know, as old a dream as being an actor, you know, and so it really, it really was special to sort of get a chance to work with him again, because I, I remember as a, when I was a teenager and on set on Frasier, I thought he was the greatest. And uh, I, I would, at the very last minute, like 30 minutes before the taping, the writers added a line between David and I, and I was so happy that I got to have a little bit with him. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So we yeah. are here to speak about mass, an aftermath of a violent tragedy that affects the lives of two couples in different ways. What inspired you to write this project? Yeah, you know, it's really, I, I, it's sort of, I feel like I, I, this is a bit painful currently because it really was the Parkland shooting, right? I, uh, I was a new parent and it was, it was sort of, the, the, the first kind of really high profile sort of, you know, a, a, a shooting that kind of just paused the country the way some of these can uh, since I, my, my daughter had been born. She was a little over one years old and I was a new parent. And so it affected me very differently than, than the previous shootings had. Uh, I just, I, I was overwhelmed by it. And so I say it's sort of, it's painful because of what happened yesterday in, in Michigan. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox or turn the conversation this way, but, you know, it, it, it I was so, I was overwhelmed. I was very emotional on the day, the day of the Parkland shooting, but it was, there was an anger, you know, there was a confusion and an anger for the first time that really motivated something. Right, and that night I got, I went on Amazon, bought books on Columbine, Virginia Tech, Newtown, uh, Aurora, Colorado, Norway. I mean, I spent the next two years reading nothing but books about the subject. And so, you know, when these things happen, it sort of, it, it kind of cuts a little deeper than it used to, you know? That's the same for me. That's what I say, uh, as a parent, 
not only you put yourself in both shoes, right? You know what I mean? Watching this film, you 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 think of yourself in this character or that character, or this character, or this character, because it's more of a what would I do yeah. if this happened to you know to my daughter? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Speaking of the roles, how pivotal was it for you to nail the casting of each of these characters? Yeah. Well, I mean, you you sort of you you said it. I mean, what what kept me up at night, right? What was really disarming and sort of had me kind of push, you know, dig deeper into the subject matter, and and then when the the, the story really developed, it was really finding sort of compassion and empathy for the parents of the shooter. Something that I didn't I didn't expect to find, right? I didn't expect to feel that way about these families and and these people. Um, and so so that when I when I read about these meetings between parents and there weren't a lot of them, but I would sort of you know you'd get sort of some small details and you know you knew that they had happened and little details sort of came that that the parents would share. Um, and I just wanted to know more because I had developed this kind of new kind of empathy for both sides that I hadn't expected. And so, you know, as it, I, I'm an actor, right, first and foremost. And so I tried to essentially improvise these roles, you know, improvise the dialogue, putting myself in these shoes. So it was, it was a little bit crazy making in that sense that it was almost a sort of schizophrenic process, but it was difficult uh, sometimes to really flesh out the characters because I, I felt so connected to each of them that I would sort of find these impasses just between myself, just sort of arguing with myself. So finding the actors for the roles, it was, it, it, took, a, it took a good deal of time. You know, I kind of had these blurry visions in my head, but I'll say the first person who really sort of came to light was Reed Burney who I knew from doing New York theater. And I had a relationship, a good friendship with Reed. We'd never worked together, but he's he's truly, he's like one of our great living stage actors, Reed. And you haven't seen him do as much film. And I thought, you know, he became sort of perfect and crystallized in my head as Richard. Um, and then from there, it, it, you know, once we really got the, the wheels in motion to make the movie, you know, Reed gave it this anchor of legitimacy in the New York theater community. And Martha Plimpton, I think, came on board next, who does a ton of, a lot of theater herself. And it was always important to me. I, want, I wanted actors with theater backgrounds because this was essentially going to feel like live performance. We would have such long takes, shoot it in chronological order, that it was very, it was very important you had actors that could be engaged and listen and react as strongly as they could speak and, and handle their own dialogue. So that, that was always key. And Jason and Anne came on last, but they all have very strong theater backgrounds. Uh, so speak, you spoke about uh, a read, which is important because I think one of my favorite moments and that empathy that you talk about in the eyes of the, 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 the shooter's parents, right? I think one of my favorite moments of the entire film was when Jay, Jay, he, um, when Jay's going into detail about what happened, right? He's, he's, and he's finally kind of breaks, right? He finally kind of snaps a little bit because he slowly yeah. is just kind of sitting there letting it kind of come. But Richard retorts with this detailed explanation of what unfolded, yeah. unfolded. Kind of take me behind like what happened there. Like that, I thought that was just a powerful moment that made me feel for the first time, oh my God, like, Richard, he is 
empathetic. He is emotional. Like he understands their pain. Yeah. 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 He, he, he takes it all in him, himself as well. You know, that it's not, it's not just sort of the victim side and, and, and that, that it's sort of, I know these details because it's my pain. It's also his pain. He's also a victim. You know, it's sort of expanding the notion of a victim in these tragedies, which I've found to be very truthful in my research. Now, look, there may be exceptions, but in everything I read, I never found monsters, right? I never found, you know, I hate to say it, but maybe what you were hoping to find, you know, that to make this easier, to make this make more sense, that it was, you know, this sort of evil, you know, or, or abusive family or, you know, these, these sort of dark upbringings, then you think, oh, that now I get it. That just, that's just not what I found, which is uh, far more tragic and complicated. And, and to, have, to have these characters of Richard and Linda and Dowd and Reed Bernie to, to, to show their real compassion and real desire to help heal and these people help heal, I think it, it, the, the, the greater idea is speaking to a way that we can all try to make an effort towards more healthy conversations. And I, you know, I worry deeply about the, the, the sort of divided country we live in, you know, and it feels increasingly more divided and it feels like our leaders and news have no interest in reconciliation, that you, you get more finger pointing and more blame out of them than you than I would like to see. And, and this felt like an opportunity based on what I had researched and, and, and felt truthful as well, that here, here are people trying to make an effort to heal, trying to reconcile, trying to share each other's perspectives and really listen and, and, and work at a, at a healthy conversation where they try not to interrogate, they try to remove the resentment and not blame one another. They're just trying to understand. And I, I feel like, I, I, and maybe I'm speaking for myself, it's something I want to see more of. You know, I don't want this effort towards forgiveness to be so extraordinary. I want it to be more ordinary in our lives and in our society. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I loved about the film as well was the fact that uh, not just that we sit in the room, you know what I mean? And I'll talk about that in a second, but the fact that, that they're having, uh, it's it's not a, always the healthy conversation throughout the film as as you'll, as people see, because but it's very therapeutic. It's, it's two people yeah. on two different sides because, uh, you know, you do have a character in Jay who's very opinionated after the fact, and you actually have Richard who's very opinionated after the fact. How important was it for you to, not make it political and, and let us just sit in that room together with these four characters. Yeah, no, you well, look, you're absolutely right. It, they don't do it perfectly, right? And, and that was something as a writer, I really tried to lean on or, or take comfort in, I should say, because you know, I, haven't, I haven't really written anything before. And, and so I tried to sort of embrace or kind of believe that, hey, contradictions and redundancies and it should be messy. That's, that's how we really talk. That's how life is, you know, and this is not going to be perfect. They are going to get emotional. They're not going to say everything they want to say perfectly, right? Um, and, and things will happen that are unexpected, right? Um, so that was something I tried to, to really lean into. Um, at the same time, you know, there is, there is this deep desire to find meaning and to sort of explain something that might not 
be able to be explained. And I feel like on some small scale, we all experience that in our lives and trying to sort of make sense of things, whether it's pain or, or our place in the world. And so in many ways, the, 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 the room, what happens in this room is sort of this, this, you know, study of just kind of human beings and human behavior. Now, I wanted to stay in the room because in my in my reading about these meetings and another I should say another big source of inspiration was the the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa because I didn't get transcripts of meetings between parents right obviously not but I did there are there is a great deal of information and there are transcripts of some of the amnesty hearings and I would look at those as here are families of victims meeting with perpetrators or families of perpetrators. They come together in an effort to heal and possibly forgive. I wanted to study those meetings to understand how that might work. But at the end of the day, there's this, they don't have the uh, conveniences or safety or sort of luxury, the safety net of film, right? There's no flashbacks, there's no music, there's no, there, there are no pretty inserts. All, all these people have in real life is, is sort of their words and looking across the table from people that they feel possibly hate and blame towards and working through that. And so I wanted to honor, if this makes sense, try to honor the courage and the strength that it takes to sit in a room across from someone you, you, you feel these, these things for and work through that. So it, it was always important to me from the, the very beginning that you know, we can't compromise that. If, if we cut out of the room too much or if we have, you know, emotional score or pretty inserts or a flashback, we will undermine the, the whole effort that these people are making, the whole, the, the whole, the courage that it takes to do this. And we want to sort of celebrate that. I want to, I want to lift this up and sort of, you know, give it a kind of platform that's unique. And so that was the idea by, by, by staying in the room and not, and not leaving. So, you know, I, I want the audience to think, you know, 30, 40 minutes in, oh my God, is this really happening? Are, are we not, are we just going to stay here? Because I, 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 I want to draw attention to how remarkable that is, if that makes sense. It does. It does a lot. Um, so right before the final scene, I, I felt like watching this, I could finally breathe, right? I was like, all right, it's over, right? <laughs> but when Andal walks back into the room to tell that story, I felt like you deliver a knockout punch, right? Mm -hmm. Why did you choose that to be that final moment that we kind of remember? Yeah, yeah well, I, I appreciate it. Look, I mean, I don't wanna, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a sort of a strange you know, movie about spoiling because it's, it's, you know, 75, there's a 75 minute conversation. There's not in one room. So the idea of spoilers is sort of weird anyway, but look, so I wanna be careful how I talk about this, uh, but it, it was very important to me, right? Clearly to have this sort of epilogue, right? Or sort of this, this moment afterwards. And, you know, look, I, I don't know, I don't know where I stand on forgiveness. You know, I was so inspired by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission when I when I first learned about it, but it also it it terrified me because I didn't know if I was capable of this. I didn't know if I'd want this sort of idea of restorative justice. Like I I I'd probably want punishment. I'd want retribution. It's it's I'm certainly not trying to tell people oh, you just should forgive. Like I don't know. It's so complex. And 
forgiveness, I, I don't think it benefits everyone equally. And in some instances, it might be even almost, you could say, transactional in the sense that the, the person who, who, who wants to grant it or give it is doing so to sort of improve their own life. That, they, that they're not, that their life is stuck. They're in stuck in such pain that they're just going to try. Maybe I can, if I forgive this person, I might feel better and be able to sort of move on. But what does it really do for the other person? How does it really affect them? What is the relationship? Like I really wanted to know and explore the complexities of that. And so there's, there's that, right? There's this, there's that kind of conversation. And then I think what's sort of suggested towards the end of the film is that maybe there's something deeper, you know, maybe there's sort of a better or maybe even a greater way to reconcile in the sense that, and I think she's speaking towards, and I, I'm open, I love that, it, you know, it can be interpreted different ways, but to me, she's speaking towards this sort of idea of real human connection, physical human connection, you know, she, she sort of suggests, you know, how, how well can you ever really know someone, but how hard have you really tried? And this notion that if she had been able to embrace her son that felt so much hate, even if it meant physical harm upon her, that she might know him, that she would have known him. And, and this idea that you know, forgiveness is, is, could be wonderful and beautiful and, and affirming, but, but maybe there's something deeper and maybe forgiveness might even be irrelevant if we can connect to each other in deeper, more meaningful ways, if we can see one another's shared humanity through our shared suffering, forgiveness might not even be necessary, that there might be a sort of a, a, a deeper empathy we share for one another in our community and our society that can help combat these problems as opposed to these efforts to forgive, right? I, I don't know if that makes sense, you know, it's, it's not wrapped up in a bow for me either, right? So, <laughs> so but, I've watched the film four times. I've watched uh, the film four times now. And each it, time I've taken in something different away of how I feel, right? Like, yeah. I don't know how to explain. Yeah. I still don't know what I would do, right? You know what I mean? Each time you watch, as a parent especially, I don't know what I would do. Would I sit down in that room with, those, with the individuals on either side? I don't know. Yeah, but I know the conversation is important to have no matter and it, it doesn't just have to be about this situation I think about it could be put in a box for every situation where conversation, whether we agree or disagree is important to have. Yes, totally. I mean, does what I say resonate at all? Did what I, about that? Yes, 100 yes, percent. Yeah, because like I said, when I first watched the film, I was like, man, whoa. And then when I watched it back again, like I said, each time she speaks, it brings something different to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's weird because, I, and I and I talked to you a little bit about before. We, this film is is something. It reminded me why I love movies. It did. Thank you. And 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 it being in this box, and it's it just. I just tell people when somebody says when I say somebody says, "What's your favorite movie of the year?" I've watched three hundred movies this year. Mass. Watch Mass. it. What's it about? <laughs> Matt, just watch it. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to, I want everybody just to open their eyes and ears and just sit down and sit with the film because I think it's important. It's one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most important pieces of film that we've seen this generation. Oh, thank you know, you. It's, it's powerful. Thank you so much, but you, thank you. I mean, you, uh, it means so much to me. <laughs> I, you know, cause I've, I've, I've worked so hard on it and continue to work hard on it. I, 
but you said something that's really important to me. Uh, now I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase or butcher it, but it was you, you you suggested that it's not it's not even about the event necessarily. It, it's about how we can listen to one another and speak to one another despite our differences. You know that 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 is what that is the the snapshot of what the movie is 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 that and and uh, you know speaking again to this idea that I look I feel real real anxiety about the country my daughter is going to grow up into because of of where we are now and how it does not seem to be improving and in fact the opposite. And, and, and here is just, you know, this very intimate movie in a room, but it's, a, but it's about people trying to counter that, you know, counter that movement and, and work against it and, and move towards a place of, of, of hope and, 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 and change, positive change and a path forward that, that can be healing um, and not divisive, right? So it, 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 I appreciate that because I think the, the the shooting element, the school shooting element, scares people off. I mean, I had a, a parent at my daughter's school say to me the other day, I'm, "I really want to support your movie, but I'm just too scared to see it." And I think, you know, well, there's not violence in it. There's not, you know, there's no, there's no flat. It's not exploitative. I don't think it's sensational. I don't, you know, it, it, it's emotional. That's all it really is. It's emotional. But these difficult conversations that are the, you know, the so hard to have, but necessary that they're, they're hard because they're meaningful. You know, they're necessary because they provide catharsis, you know, and they provide a, a place to be afterwards, a new space to go to. And, and these are things I'm, I'm trying to cultivate with the movie and sort of promote these ideas. So anyway, it means a lot to me that this stuff resonates with you. <laughs> um, one last question before we go. What's something you learned about yourself throughout the making of this project? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh God, it get me emotional. I mean, look, I, you know, I, I dreamed my whole life of directing a movie, right? And um, as long as I can remember, but I wasn't doing it, do you know? And, and I think having a child being so affected by the Parkland shooting, you know, wanting my daughter to grow up, seeing me as someone that was being active about his career as opposed to passively waiting for a phone call from my agent, you know, and my happiness was all dictated on someone else's decision, all dependent on that. I wanted to do something different and show her sort of a different role model, right? And I'm, look, I'm not out of this. Like, I really feel like I'm still working on it 24-7. Um, but I've, there's been a a maturation process, like of intense maturing over these past three years and a seriousness sort of laid over my life that I don't know if I go back from, you know, I think that one of the reasons I wasn't making, making the effort to really direct a movie is because I was, you know, having too much fun or just kind of, you know, just sort of a, a selfish young man, you know, as opposed to sort of and then I had this other person in my life that was more important than what I wanted, you know, and, and so something has happened in the sort of the timing of all these things and becoming a parent and, you know, devoting my life to this story for three years that I don't know what the other side of it looks like, but it, it certainly feels more serious and sort of more, I, I, adult seems like a silly thing to say, but but, but there's a devotion to storytelling and art and my work and my, and my life just as a human being 
that is that was not there before. And so hopefully it means more, you know, more work. Um, but uh, it, look, I mean, this has been the most rewarding journey of my life. And so how could that not affect the way you you see you see fulfillment, you know, and it's it's it will it's sort of changed me forever. You know what I mean?